If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Pad up. It's the Australian Cricket Podcast. And here are your hosts. Welcome to the Australian Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Menas, And this is the first of two episodes this week previewing the upcoming Test Series versus Sri Lanka. And we have a very special guest for the first episode this week. Joining us from Colombo is the eminent cricket journalist, Andrew Fernando. How are you, Andrew? Good, uh, man. It's nice to be with you. Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's You're an expert on Sri Lankan cricket, and uh, that's exactly why we've got you on, because the Aussies are over there. They've got three tests, five one-day internationals, and two T20 games. Uh, how, how's the public? What's the excitement level in the public with the public in Sri Lanka? We were Sri Lankans are actually quite a, a fickle sort of sporting uh, fan, breed of fans. Uh, so, so they do get behind the team in a big way when they're winning. But because the team has had uh, a, quite a, a poor run over the last you know year or so, year or so, uh, the, the interest definitely has waned a little bit. Uh, that's not to say that there's not a sort of love of the game bubbling underneath, but uh, I'm not sure we'll see, you know, packed stands and uh, and a lot of hype around this particular tour just because uh, people have sort of begun begun switching off, uh, you know, a little while ago. I think uh, I think though, if if, uh, if Sri Lanka do manage to win one of the tests, uh, maybe make a mark in the one day is towards the back end of the tour. We could get some uh, some hype around the team again, but uh, I think it's it's very much uh, performance dependent at the moment. Well, that's a shame. I, I would have thought that the Sri Lankan public would have been excited to have 
you know, one of the best outfits going around at the moment, uh, touring there for such an extensive tour. Usually we get these sort of whistle-stop tours of two tests and they're over before you you know it. But uh, this is actual proper tour. Uh, so it's good for you, good for everyone in Sri Lanka to have a lot of good cricket. Yeah, it is. But, but then I just think they're just not confident that the cricket will be good. I think there's no doubt that Australia will be a very, very good team and that they, on from their side, there'll be a lot of quality cricket on display. It's just whether Sri Lanka are up to providing them that competition to make, you know, Test go into that fifth day and, and have an interesting finish. Uh, whether Sri Lanka will be able to compete with them in terms of putting up good enough totals in the one day is, that's probably where the, the Sri Lankan public is, uh, is a little bit sort of uh, unsure about. Uh, I think we'll definitely get the hardcore cricket fans to the grounds to watch guys like Stark to watch uh, batsmen like Kawaja and, uh, and Smith. The Australian team is not known for its proficiency on playing on turning tracks. Do you think the groundsmen in Sri Lanka will be instructed by the board to just take all the grass off the wickets and prepare rank turners to expose any weakness for the Aussies? Uh, I think that's, uh, that's probably a good bet. Generally here, I mean, it depends on the surface. I think uh, Sri Lankan pitches have changed over the last 10 years or so. Goals pretty much stayed the same. It's still, uh, uh, you know, reasonably flat on the first and for one the first one and a half days and it turns into a spin bowler's paradise, which I hope they don't mess with that and they leave it exactly as it is because it's a very, very fun place to watch cricket when the ball starts turning. Uh, in terms of Palikale and the SSC, uh, Palikale is the most seam-friendly uh, pitch uh, probably in the, in the country and they're, they're beginning their test, uh, their test series there. So last time Sri Lanka played there, they actually played three seamers, as did Pakistan. So that's something you don't often see. You don't often see two subcontinent teams uh, play just one specialist spinner in an Asian, on an Asian surface. That could play right into the Aussies' hands if in Palakeli they leave a bit of grass on the wicket and Hazelwood and Stark can come into the game early. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, don't, I think they'll probably try to, pro, uh, to, to produce the most spin-friendly wicket that is possible at that venue, which still won't be as spin-friendly as, say, in Gaul or Colombo. But they'll still... Uh, I, I think a few of the Sri Lankan players are a little bit disappointed that, that the series is starting in Palikali for that reason. Uh, the reason it's starting there rather than Gaul, which is where they usually start, is because of uh, things around city planning and there's a, there's a big festival going on there in Kandy in, in August and they wanted to get the test match out of the way. But, uh, but that, could be, that could be the big test for the Sri Lankan batsmen. If they can get, get through that test, then they'll come, come into Gaul and into Colombo with a lot more confidence than... Uh, then they would be having at the start of the series if they can get through Stark and Hazelwood and uh, Mitchell Marsh, maybe uh, depending on whether Bird will play. Um, if, if they can t- handle those, those seamers there, then they'll be sort of well set up for the rest of the series. Now, there's been some controversy in the podcast. Alan Donald was appointed as the bowling coach for Australia for this tour. And on his first day in the job, he stated that he thought reverse swing was going to be very important for this test series. Now, one of our panellists, Gav Joshi, was livid at this comment and went at Donald on his first day at the job and said that in Sri Lanka, tests are not determined by reverse swing. Now, Andrew, where do you sit? Are you with Alan Donald or Gav Joshi? Will reverse swing play a part in this series? Uh, no, a reverse swing does uh, play a, a decent part, depending on the, the ground. So in Gaul, reverse swing can be big. Actually, South Africa 
He's reversing him to swing to quite uh, to excellent use a, a couple of years ago when they were here. I think it was 2014 when they were here uh, to win a test in goal. And uh, for a team, for a non-Asian team to win a test in goal is, is quite a significant thing because it is, as I said, such a spin bowler's paradise. And on that occasion, it was reverse swing that did it. Dale Stain, uh, I think, both, in both innings, uh, got the ball going the other way. You might remember that that was also the test in which Vernon Philander was uh, fingered for ball tampering, was caught for ball tampering. So that was, uh, that was obviously a plan that South Africa had going into that test. And I believe Ellen Donald was the bowling coach there. So that may have been the source of, uh, of why he, he felt uh, reverse swing was such a big factor. I think also in the next test that South Africa played in Colombo, that reverse swing did turn up there as well. At the SSC, but uh, but for sure in in goal, uh, reverse swing is a factor, and uh, I think Stark is someone to watch out for uh, on on that venue. More, I mean, reverse swing does play a role. I wouldn't say it's as huge as it is in in pitches in the UAE or in in Pakistan and and India in some pet pitches in India, but it does swing here. There's a bit more conventional swing in Sri Lanka though than in either of those venues. I think. And also Sri Lankan pitches tend to have a little bit more bounce depending on, on how they're prepared. I think uh, Palakele will be probably uh, the biggest exponent on that. I was at the, the, the practice match yesterday between uh, Australians and uh, the Sri Lankan eleven, and there was a lot of bounce on that Pisara surface as well. Uh, so uh, I, I think, I think you know, Donald was probably justified in making those goals, but I wouldn't Put, you know, I wouldn't put all their eggs in the reverse swing basket. There is still a lot of conventional swing to be explo- exploited. Well, you're very diplomatic, Andrew. I would say you're slightly leaning towards Gav's assessment that reverse swing shouldn't play a huge role in this, this test series. It'll be more spin, bounce, same, the new ball perhaps. Uh, but yeah, so let's get on to your team now, the Sri Lankan team. They've had an absolutely diabolical tour of England. It probably couldn't have gone any worse. You lost almost every game. You came back with the fast bowlers injured. What, what sort of state is the team in? Can it lift itself out of this mire? I think it's, uh, it, it's not looking particularly promising because there's been so many injuries to the fast bowlers. And so at the moment, they're missing uh, Dhammik Prasad and Dushmanta Chamira virtually being ruled out of the tour. Which who are their two best quicks from the last year? Uh, then you've got another guy called Surangalakmal, who's under a major major uh, injury cloud, which leaves. Uh, and then if you remember Shami Daranga, another seamer was uh, suspended for an illegal action just uh, a few weeks ago. So with four of those guys out, they're they're left with uh, Nuan Pradeep, and uh, and they're tr- they're having to bring uh, a, a fastballer from the Sri Lanka A team who who's currently touring in England. So uh, that puts the an immense amount of pressure on a guy, someone like Ranganahera, to to take a lot of the wickets because he knows he's not going to have the seam bowling support uh, that that uh, he should have. And Sri Lanka also struggling with the injuries in the spin department. Uh, a young leg spinner called Jeffrey Van de Say. Uh, they were looking at giving him a test debut through this uh, mid-year season, and uh, he's injured a finger and, and has been unable to bowl. So, uh, so I think on the bowling side of things, things are looking a little bit bleak just because of the, the slew of injuries that uh, that Sri Lanka have had. 
Now, what's the gap? What's the gap between the fast bowlers that are injured and then the ones coming through at an A level? Because in Australia, we're fortunate that the gap between the, the best fast bowlers and the rest is not that big. But what's the gap like in the Sri Lankan side? I think we can uh, assume it's going to be pretty substantial. One one of the guys who's playing Vishwa Fernando is can be a bit. Uh, one of the guys who's been flown back from the A team. Osha Fernando, left armor, can be a little bit erratic, has a little bit of pace, uh, but doesn't have the control and uh, all the, the, the skills in terms of uh, moving the ball in, in both directions that, uh, that the, the top seamers would have been working on. I think it's uh, Sri Lankan pitches and the Sri Lankan domestic cricket is not well geared towards, uh, towards fast bowlers. I think in our last domestic first-class season, only one out of the top 15 bowlers were seam bowlers in terms of the top 15 te- wicket takers. There was just one seam bowler. And uh, when you have a, a domestic system like that, obviously that's, that's going to eat into your... Uh, that's, not, that's not a good condition for, uh, for, for seam bowlers to come through. I would, su- I would suggest that they pr- prepare rank turners because Australia's top order at the moment is in such good form. They'll just feed on some average medium paces if that's what present- is presented. Yeah, and uh, what could be uh, an option, though, is they shouldn't be uh, afraid to take the three spinners option. I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures because you have someone like Angelo Matthews who can, uh, who can keep things tight at the top of the, uh, top of the innings. He's not going to be a huge wicket-taking threat in Sri Lanka. So if you play uh, Nuan Pradeep, uh, Angelo Matthews, and three spinners, that could be an option for, for Sri Lanka. Um, I don't think they'll do that in, in Palakale, but in Gaul, certainly, that could be something that, that they could look at. What about this young spinner, Thurindu Kushul, who was banned, I think, for a, a dodgy action? He's an off-spinner. He's played a few tests for Sri Lanka. Could we see him this series? He's, he hasn't been banned. He's, uh, he's just had a Dusra ban, so the, uh, Dusra suspended. Basically, uh, he had a, a half-decent start to cricket last year. Uh, and he he's he was tested for his dusra, and interestingly, only half his dusras were above that illegal mark. So he's right on the line of, of being able to get that cleared. I think he's he's quite, he's quite confident that with a little bit of remedial work, he can get the dusra cleared. He he uh, he's a wrist spinning off spinner, a bit like Morley. He doesn't um, he doesn't use his fingers to impart much of the spin. He he uses a, a snap of the wrists. Which a lot of coaches think that that if you're going to bowl the Dusra legally, that is the way that you can you can do it. Um, I don't think you'll see him in this series uh, so much because he's still working on on so many of those things. Uh, he's just added a couple of other balls to his repertoire: top spinner and and uh, one that sort of goes off the seam. Uh, I, I don't think the selectors are looking him at him at the moment because uh, they haven't picked him. You know, if, if they were looking at him, they would have picked him in the team to play against the Australians. And I think uh, you're more likely to see someone like Dilruan Pereira, who's a very much uh, an orthodox off-spinner, virtually a, a mirror image of Rangan Hera. And he's probably going to be the, the, the go-to second spinner in the series. And do you have a wrist spinner? Uh, there, there is a, a wrist spinner that uh, I, I believe is, they're looking at who's playing in the A-team at the moment. He's a, he's a guy called uh, Lakshan Sandakan. He is um, a, a Chinaman wrist spinner, a bit like uh, Brad Hogg, but more geared towards longer formats. He has been among the wickets uh, quite a few times in the domestic series, but uh, he's also maybe considered a little bit too raw. Maybe he doesn't quite have the control. 
but uh, he's definitely someone that uh, that Sri Lanka will look at uh, to be in the squad, if not give a debut in this series. Now, Andrew, I listened to your recent podcast, The Armchair Critics, uh, excellent podcast on Sri Lankan cricket that's with you. And what's your friend's name again? Uh, with Dummett, yeah. Dummett, yep. Excellent podcast. In that last show, you both had some question marks about Angelo Matthews' captaincy on the Tour of England. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts about his captaincy? You said he seemed to show a lack of faith in his bowlers. Where's that going for the team? I think the issue with Angelo Matthews is that uh, we all wish he could captain the way he bats. Um, if his, uh, his, his batting is can sometimes be incredibly, you know, sort of out of this world good. I think in 2014 he had quite an incredible year where he was just able to feel the pulse of the innings and sometimes he was he dead batted, which was exactly what was needed at the time. At other times he attacked bowlers out of um, so that they were not an option for the opposition captain. Uh, he was just so strategically intelligent with the bat. When he's in the field, he seems to lose all of that. He's... Um, uh, when things are going well, he he uh, he can be proactive. But when when the opposition sort of uh, attacks him or they attack the the bowlers and uh, Sri Lanka a little bit on the back foot, he hasn't uh, been able to sort of rally his troops and and uh, and try and weather that storm. It's sort of just when it starts going badly, it all goes badly. I think in day two in Durham in the recent series in um, in England. That was the case where where England had a had a good partnership between Wokes and and Moin Ali and Angela Matthews just seemed completely at a loss as to what to do with it. Uh, I think also there's a, there's a leaning towards conservatism where he'll try and dry up the runs rather than attack uh, with you know with by putting slips in and and putting in putting catching men around the bat, uh, which which can also you know, uh, go badly because batsmen coming in can settle against the bowlers, which, I mean, Sri Lankan's bowlers aren't going to blow you away. They'll, they'll have to work on you for a little bit. But uh, the, the chances that do come need to be snapped up and, uh, and Matthew's field placings and, uh, have, have been a, a little bit under scrutiny. And I think he's, he's feeling the pressure as a captain. The, the thing with Matthews is there's no one else to replace him, really. So there's no, there's no uh, alternative to turn to. Uh, but he is definitely, I think, now feeling uh, that that pressure to lift his game as as a as a strategic leader. I think he's a bit like he's in the position that Ricky Ponting was when a lot of great players retired, and you know he's left to sort of carry this team at the moment. There's a lot of pressure on Matthews, as was Ricky Ponting. It's a diff- It's a little bit different to to Ricky Ponting because the Ponting lost McGrath and Warren, whereas uh, Matthews has lost two batsmen. Um, and I and I don't think that that uh, his his bowling stocks have been hugely apart from through injury as as is the case at the moment. He and he hasn't really captained differently from when he had those players to now. It's just that back then he had a team. He had you know Kumar Sangakkara towards and and Mahila Jawad towards the end of their careers were were just as prolific, if not more prolific, than they had been then in the previous years. And he had, and he knew that he was going to get four hundred runs out of his. Out of his top order, um, whereas now it's that's you know the, the batsmen are doing probably uh, are lucky to get past three hundred, and and that exposes the bowling a little bit more. And we did see uh, we did see him being just as conservative and making you know so some dodgy uh, strategic calls even back when they were playing. So maybe he's lost a little bit of that support when it comes to. Uh, Thinking and and uh, field placing and strategy, which Mahila Jawadhan especially would have been able to provide, 
but you know, from from uh, a personnel point of view, he hasn't actually lost as many players as as it is made out. Now, with um, you spoke about the weakness in the batting. I think Matthew's batting and Chandamal's batting, the wicketkeeper, is exceptional. But what backup does Chandamal and Matthews have? There's a young batsman called uh, Kusal Mendes who had a very good tour of uh, of the UK. Um, scored uh, hasn't quite got himself to a hundred yet, but um, he's someone who's virtually been picked out of the uh, the under nineteen scene uh, and was was a strong under nineteen captain a couple of years ago, and uh, and he's had a had a very promising start to his uh, international career. So he's someone they'll look to. For a little bit of uh, sparky uh, uh, batting from number three, he's not your regular number three who'll come in and and uh, and play defensively. He sort of likes to play his shots. And then the openers, uh, Kaushal Silva and Dimit Karanaratna. Uh, Kaushal Silva uh, is very much your sort of um, conservative uh, opener who'll who'll wait out the the opening spells and then start accumulating. Whereas Dimit Karanaratna has uh, can play a little bit more aggressively, especially through the leg side. Uh, they'll probably be the guys that Sri Lanka look to, but uh, they're probably uh, the coaches will be hoping that those two batsmen can take a, a step up and be a bit more consistent. They have played good innings in the past, but they haven't done so consistently enough uh, to to give Sri Lanka that real boost at the top of the order. So I think uh, that top five, it, it, I wouldn't make changes to that top five. I think the, the right men, uh, the right batsmen, are are in those places. And that's where the, the, a lot of the runs will have to come from. Yeah, I think if Sri Lanka is going to compete in this series, the three big players are Harath, Matthews, and Chandamal. And I think Harath has to take about thirty wickets yeah. if uh, Sri Lanka would have a chance. Yeah, that, that could be true. I, I think uh, Dilruan Pereira is uh, as a uh, off-spinning option is is uh, also capable of of having a few good days. Again, he's not going to run through a team, but uh, if he has, if there's a bit of pressure built up from the other end. He's very, very capable of uh, taking a handful of wickets in, uh, in at least a, a couple of the tests. I, I, I wouldn't say Herath is, is a one-man spin option. I wouldn't say he's a, he's a one-pronged attack at the moment. He has been in the past, but uh, I think in home conditions with, with the kind of pitches that we're expecting, I think uh, the other spinners can definitely come into the game. Now, Andrew, I want to get your impressions of the Australian team. Firstly... Do you have any animosity with Sri Lankan great Murali Duran coaching the Australians for the series or advising them? Is there any animosity there from you? I don't. I mean, personally, from me, there's definitely not. There's. Um, I think he's uh, completely entitled to do what he wants. And if Sri Lanka cricket uh, had been a little bit smarter, they would have. Uh, they would have snapped him up first. That's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Sri Lankan Cricket Board should have had him on in your camp for this series and not the exactly. opposition. I mean, it's the Warren Morley Trophy. Yeah. And he's, he's in on the wrong side. Yeah, he's on the, he's on the other side. So he's then, on the Warren side. Yeah, is Warren available these days? Is, uh, is Sri Lanka able to... Uh, he's, he's in the UK, isn't he? Maybe if we make we him... We do a swap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can have Warren, we'll have Morley. Yeah. Now, what are your impressions of the Australian team with Smith and Warner as the leadership group now? We've, we've had a significant change since the Ashes Tour. What are your impressions of the team? It's a very interesting team. I think it's one that I'm really looking forward to watching, mainly because I'll, I'll enjoy watching especially Stark and, um, and, and Kawaja, I think, are the two players. I'm looking forward to watching both uh, very good exponents of their, of their skills. Kawaja, I think, probably is... Along with Hashim Amla, are the, are the, are the most watchable batsmen uh, in the world at the moment. So 
I'll, uh, I hope he scores uh, a few runs in the series. Smith is another one, I have to say, that is amazing to watch in person because when you see Smith at the ground, he's, he's got such sort of timing and grace and it looks like a technique that is quite complicated, but it just seems to work so well. Yeah, I think Smith's one of the best to watch as well. I, I wouldn't have picked Smith because there's just so much. I mean, he's definitely not a classical batsman, is he? Um, because there's just so much movement going on and... He's, he just sort of seems like he's obviously found a, a homespun technique that works very well for him. But I, I mean, he's just scored mountains of runs. But yeah, I'll have to. I don't think I've. Uh, I, I might have watched him once actually in at the SCG uh, during the World Cup last year. But I look forward to watching a test innings and. and yeah, he's got amazing hands, really quick hands. So your Kawaj is one you were saying you want to watch. I have doubts about him outside the off stump at the moment. He seems to be a bit loose. So I think he's one that probably needs to pull his head back. He's, you know, he's been scoring so freely. He seems to just be wafting at anything outside the off stump. It, it may be a tool where that's not exposed. So, uh, you know, depending on the quality of, of seamers that Sri Lanka can put up. So he, it might be, I mean, some of these players do have these issues when they go on big tours and then, they're not tested in that area, and uh, they find the confidence to, to to round out their game. So it could be a, a bit of a tour like that uh, for Kawaja. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how whether there'll be any needle between the teams. <laughs> um, generally, well, there's no Ranatunga there to amp things up. Yeah, I, th- I thought you'd bring that up. Uh, <laughs> I was there at the SCG when Healy told him he was a fat something or other, and. Um, he called for a runner, so it had quite an, made quite an impression on me. Oh, good stuff. Uh, he's, I think it's an interesting thing because you, everywhere else in the world, apart from England and Australia, Ranafunga is not seen as this sort of troublemaker, but uh, he, the, these were two teams, especially the Australians. Uh, Arjuna loved to take them on, and that was, that was his brand, that whenever he just loved riling the Australians up. And uh, that was good fun to watch, actually, as a Sri Lankan fan through the 90s. Because there was just, uh, you know, we weren't used to Sri Lankans being quite so aggressive and uh, uh, in the field. I, I, yeah, I mean, in this team, you've got Warner. Surely you have to agree that he's more of an incendiary figure than uh, than Arjuna ever was. Oh no, no, no! Warner's Warner's calmed down. He's a family man now. He's the vice captain. Uh, he's really oh. settled down. I would actually, the one to watch for me is if Mitchell Stark, if it gets a bit rough out there. Mitchell Stark can blow a fuse when he's bowling and he might let a few thunderbolts down and fire a few words at the batsman afterwards. Um, but I, I can't imagine there being a lot of needle. These two teams have a lot of re- good relations. Yeah. They, uh, Angela Matthews already talking them up. At, uh, they had their first press conference about a week ago and uh, Matthews return, uh, referred to them as the mighty Aussies and, and there, there seems to be quite a lot of respect for them. And the fact that the, you know they're the number one team touring, touring the country, so uh, I, I I wouldn't expect that the Sri Lankans uh, for sure would go out there looking to uh, looking to verbally go at the Australians. Now, Andrew, it sounds to me like you're quite pessimistic about the Sri Lankan chances. What is your prediction for the Test series? What's your what's your feeling the way it's going to go? Is it going to be three nil Australia? I don't think it'll be three nil. Uh, I think that Sri Lanka should be able to manage one uh, one victory just because Australia had this long-standing issue to spin and because they have and because Sri Lanka have Rangana Hera. So I'm expecting Rangana Hera to win a, a test match effectively along with the, with the help of, uh, of Dilra Hera. I'll, I'll probably uh, say they have the best chance of doing that in goal 
though the SSE can, can turn square when they, when they prepare it that way as well. I guess we didn't mention the importance of the toss, but that could play a part in this test series, who gets the opportunity of bowling last on these turning tracks. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a, a, a factor, but, but in Gaul it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, once you get into, the, get into that third day, it's turning square anyway. Uh, I think a lot of Gaul tests end in, in, you know, by the fourth day, uh, because there's just so much spin and there's just so much happening on, on the pitch for, for the bowlers. And in terms, uh, and Sri Lanka has been, you know, consistently preparing result pitches across the board and, you know, every venue in the country is a result pitch at the moment. Uh, I think something like the last 11 tests played here have all yielded results. So I think there'll be a result in every test. I, I am optimistically uh, pre- predicting maybe a 2-1 win for the Aussies. Um, they'll probably pull through, you know, in, in the series. But hopefully Sri Lanka can, can pull one test out of the bag. And what about for the five-match one-day series? What do you think? Do you think the Aussies will be, have the upper hand still? Uh, I think so. I think it's not clear yet whether Tilakaratna Dilshan will play. He took the last, uh, last uh, tour off. Uh, for family reasons, I'm not sure if he if, if he's back in the mix yet. Uh, I think that should be more closely contested. I think a few more bowlers should be fit by the time the the Australian series, uh, the one day series begins. But uh, it's a long way away. I'd say maybe Australians are slightly favourites at the moment, given Sri Lanka's lack of form, even in one days. You know, they got absolutely pasted by England. Yeah, I'd say they're they're slight favourites in one days and, and T20s as well. Well, Andrew, you've filled my listeners with a lot of confidence, I hope, because you're not too confident about your Sri Lankan team. So I'm, I'm expecting the Aussies to turn their subpar performances on the subcontinent around in Sri Lanka. I mean, we were actually, Australians have done really well in Sri Lanka historically, so maybe... Yeah, they've, they've, caught, they've caught probably Sri Lanka in the worst, in the lowest step, probably in the last. Yeah, kick them while they're down. That's the Aussie way. Yeah, it's uh, so they've caught Sri Lanka in a, in a very bad place. So they're they're a bit lucky that they they uh, scheduled their tour here. I think if they'd come a year either side, they would it would have been a bit dicey for them. But they've come at the right time. So you're pulling out the excuses already. That's good before <laughs> the series has started. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me on the Australian Cricket Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you're about to head to the warm-up game, so you've given the listeners a real insight into what's going on over there. Where can our listeners find you on Twitter? Uh, at Andrew F. Fernando. And I would also recommend the listeners search out for the Armchair Critics podcast. That's a very good listen about Sri Lankan cricket. Well, listeners, we lost Andrew there, but I hope you enjoyed that chat with him. And we'll be back later in the week with another show. I've got Gavin Macker lined up and we'll focus on the Australian side, the Sri Lankan Test Series. And we've also got the anticipated commentator massacre. If you want to get in touch with us before then, we're on Twitter at AusCricketPod, A-U-S CricketPod. We're also on Facebook as the Australian Cricket Podcast. You can email us at Gmail, which is AusCricketPod, A-U-S CricketPod at gmail.com. Thanks as ever to our Patreon subscribers. We really appreciate your support. And thanks to all the listeners for downloading the show. And we'll be back soon. What a marvellous stroke. He's played no better shot than that in the whole of the series. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.